Well, thank you so much, Paul, for that kind introduction. And I heard a bit of murmuring in the room with the last presentation. So I wonder if somebody wants to get to the mic and ask me what I think about building out 20,000 megawatts of solar panels on prime agricultural land. Just putting it out there if somebody's at all interested in asking me that question. I would be more than happy to give my answer. So, but I do, we'll do Q&A and uh, didn't want that to be a bit of a distraction. But I, I also wanna just thank Paul for the warm welcome and also for his incredible advocacy because I've, I've known Paul for, for now probably a year and a half or so. I met him in my former life and I can tell you he has been relentless in pushing on some of the, the issues, one of which we I think we've uh, managed to address to your satisfaction. I'll talk about that as well. But I, it is great to see so many people at these kinds of meetings coming from all corners of the province. I know many of you have come a long way to be here and I appreciate the opportunity to join you today. And I'm especially grateful to Paul and his team for asking me to be here and for their dedication to their mission because RMA is a force for good in this province your tireless advocates for communities and ways of life that are really the lifeblood of our province. The whole organization does a fantastic job of keeping rural concerns at the front of government's mind, and that's where rural Alberta should be, at the front of government's mind. I cannot overstate the importance of our rural communities. You'll notice that I made a decision to run in a mixed rural-urban riding of Brooks Medicine Hat. And that was mindfully, I did that on purpose because I want to make sure, yes, definitely, want to make sure that you know that your voice is heard at the table and that I'm getting every day the same kind of feedback that you're giving to other MLAs. Uh, I, I, I should also mention, because I can't overstate the importance of rural communities, industries like agriculture, energy, mining, forestry, and tourism are the largest parts of our economy. And our goal is to ensure that those opportunities keep on coming. As part of our Economic Development in Rural Alberta plan, we are helping to expand and diversify your economies, and we're building out the programs and infrastructure your families use every day. We hope more opportunities and services mean the next generation of rural Albertans will be more inclined to stay where they grew up, and we hope it means more people and dollars from outside will be drawn into your communities. Everything we're doing in the legislature is meant to keep that, that cycle going, starting with the budget. I might just say a word about the, the budget because I'm, I'm just so impressed with the, the work of our finance minister and treasury board, Travis Taves, who is the best finance minister in the country, I would say. Do you agree? Yes. And one of the things that I think he and I are most proud of, because we know that we're going into another cycle of volatility, but there's a, a huge amount of opportunity as well that we might be looking forward to surpluses into the future. And we wanted to make sure that we had a responsible fiscal plan for that. So you'll see that the core of how we've established this budget is that we're bringing through balanced budget legislation. The budget has to be balanced. We have a debt repayment strategy. 50% of all surpluses have to go to debt repayment. We have a plan to reinvest in the Heritage Savings Trust Fund. So we'll be growing that fund. Who knows what it'll be 30 years from now. If we started this 30 years ago, it'd be worth $300 billion today and be generating $20 billion in annual revenue. So if we can just show a little bit of restraint and grow that with investing our investment income, 30 years from now, it might be that large. And what a great legacy that would leave to our kids and grandkids. We also have a savings plan. So as I mentioned, half of our surpluses will have to go into debt repayment 
And then we'll also continue shoring up our savings, but we'll also be able to deal with one-time spending priorities because we know that things will come up over the next little while. And we'll make sure that we do not increase year-over-year -year operational spending any, any greater than inflation plus population growth. So I'm going to spend a lot of time talking about how we're spending money, but I want you to, to know that it's being done within a fiscally prudent framework, one that we believe we can afford. So Budget 2023 invests more than $2 billion over three years as part of the change to the local government fiscal framework. That's a higher figure because we're increasing the framework's revenue index factor through legislation. If passed, the municipal funding will rise or fall in line with the percentage change in provincial revenues from three years before. You'll know that in the original formula, shifts reflected only a 50% uh, of the revenue change, and based on your input, we've upped that to 100%. Linking funding to revenues ensures you are true partners in Alberta's success. And through the fiscal plan, we're committed to giving top-up funding where required so that no municipality will end up with a year-over-year -year decrease in the first year that this new fiscal framework takes effect. In fact, our budget represents a big boost for overall, for overall for rural Albertans' lives and livelihoods. We're making progress on our health care action plan, speeding up EMS and lowering both wait times and surgeries for ER treatment. I've heard the stories of many folks in rural Alberta about the red alerts that would happen as ambulance got pulled into the vortex around Calgary or Edmonton and then ended up spending entire shifts there. We are going to eliminate that practice. We are going to have a practice where, where truly, where ambulances show up and drop off efficiently and get back on the road within 45 minutes so that they're always available to, to meet our most urgent needs. We've also developed a, a non-ambulance transfer program, and it's remarkable to see how many companies have stead up, stepped up. There's 160 different companies that have stepped up to offer those non-emergency transfers to, of patients that need to go for medical appointments in the city. And we've paid for 4,000 visits so far. So it is obviously one of those things that is taking huge pressure off the system so that you can have some comfort for your residents that if they need an ambulance, it's going to be there for them. Uh, we have already had success fast-tracking ambulance transfers and reducing the number of patients waiting outside of the recommended times for surgeries by almost 10%. Uh, when we hired Dr. John Cowell into this position, one of the things that he looked at was the number of people who are on a waiting list for a surgical procedure longer than medically recommended. That was 39,000 people. We've already reduced that backlog to 35,000. And he tells me that we're going to be able to reduce it 3,000 a month so that we have it uh, eliminated completely by next year. And then we'll have a system that is able to keep up. And we'll be the first in the country to do that. The budget builds on, and I should mention, I think I saw Minister, Health Minister Jason Copping here as well. We all, he's also, we, the last piece of this is we've got to make sure that everybody has what he calls a medical home, making sure with $2 billion of investment in primary care that we're able to develop team practices of, nurse, nurse, of doctors, nurse practitioners, and other health professionals so that every single person has that first point of access for primary care. That's the next big thing we're working on. The budget builds on this with three, $237 million over three years for more surgeries, including $120 million to expand and modernize the operating facilities in 15 communities. And we're also investing heavily to ensure Alberta can expand the ranks of frontline healthcare professionals. That means more spaces in nursing and physician programs, attracting more nurses from overseas, and bringing in more doctors. Alberta has one of the most generous uh, rural physician recruitment and retention programs, and we've signed agreements with doctors in several communities, including Beaver Lodge, and Saddle Lake and Blairmore. And all of this is going to lead to stronger primary care teams better able to serve rural and remote communities. 
rural transportation networks as well are getting a lot of attention too. We're spending more than $2 billion to expand and upgrade roads, highways, and bridges. That's the great work of Transportation Minister Devin Dreeshen. He put a lot of projects forward, and we're going to make sure that we prioritize those. It includes widening Highway 40 north of Hinton, the replacement for the Balzac Interchange, the twinning of Highway 11 between Sylvan Lake and Rocky Mountain House, and of course my personal favorite, twinning Highway 3 down in the south so we can build out that agriculture corridor. We're also supporting your priorities by maintaining funding for the Strategic Transportation Infrastructure Program, more than $93 million over three years. Rural families can look forward to new or modernized schools, including Raymond, Lissetna, Malag, uh, Red Earth uh, Creek, and Barhead. Rural Alberta will also benefit from funding for advanced education, too. We're spending $59 million over three years to allow the University of Calgary to train more veterinarians so that farmers and ranchers can get expert help when they need it. And we're investing a million dollars to help post-secondary institutions find ways to deliver medical education outside of Edmonton and Calgary. What we found is if we can educate kids in the community, then they are more likely to stay in the community. So we're gonna be doing more of that. You can also expect uh, investments in connectivity and programs to help you grow. Our broadband strategy provides 390 million over four years to ensure all families and small businesses can access reliable, affordable, high-speed internet. Um, I think we discovered this, of course, over the last few years with everyone working from home and kids having to do school from home, how vitally important that is to build out this ad additional utility. I look at broadband internet access as important as electricity and as important as, as home heating. So we're going to make sure that we have a, a backbone system that gives everybody the access they need. Rural business supports and economic development will get another lift from $10 million in funding over two years. Plus, we're devoting a further $10 million in rural tourism to help you attract more visitors to your communities where they can shop and eat and stay and visit local attractions. And we're creating a tax credit to drive large-scale investment and jobs in the agri-food sector. You probably saw a big $600 million investment. Hope you guys like French fries because McCain's is going to be, uh, going to be uh, making a whole lot more of them in this province. And we, we hope to see a lot more of investments like, just like that. And we're also taking action to make life easier for rural parents and families with school transportation too. We're investing $414 million over three years to improve busing, driver training, driver shortages, and cover higher costs. I'll give credit to Education Minister Adriana Lagrange, who's also here today, for being such a champion of that program, and we hope that it helps take the pressure off our school boards. And by making changes to increase the number of kids taking buses, we're reducing ride times for rural students and saving families money. These changes will benefit tens of thousands of rural families and ensure 80,000 children, an increase of over 30%, will be eligible for school transportation. The parents of around 47,000 students who currently pay for busing service will save more than about $20 million in fees, and these changes will also add 350 new drivers, which will reduce bus ride times by about 10%. And now, unpaid municipal taxes. <laughs> There's a lot of good news for rural Alberta in our second straight balanced budget, but that's not all. We're proud to work on your priorities. Alberta is extremely fortunate for our oil and natural gas wealth, but it's unacceptable when delinquent companies aren't paying their municipal taxes. When our government sees that 220 million in unpaid taxes are being reported by municipalities, with 130 million in arrears and 90 million in cancellations, it's just not acceptable. And there needs to be real consequences. And so I do want to commend Rebecca Schultz. She's been such a champion on this issue, Minister of Municipal Affairs, and Pete Guthrie, 
Minister of Energy for working together with municipalities and companies to ensure municipal taxes get paid. So I'll tell you what this new directive does. I think you heard about it because she announced it here a couple of days ago. The new directive creates a condition where companies will not be able to transfer or get new well licenses unless the regulators are satisfied that the taxes have been paid. And we hope that this is just enough of a stick to pay their taxes and make sure that municipalities are made whole. I, I hope that you uh, are, have some success in that program. I'm pleased to say that there are now 48 million in unpaid taxes that are now under repayment plans. So we just need to make sure that the rest of that gets collected as well. And you can thank your, uh, your president, Paul McLaughlin, for, for advancing that and being such an advocate. So just so I have enough time to get into some uh, q and I see I've got 17 minutes left, and so I'll just conclude by saying that I believe rural Alberta has a lot to be optimistic about. Incredibly hardworking people, high-quality products that the world needs, and a deep faith in freedom. We also have a government that believes in you. We will keep on investing to strengthen rural communities, from healthcare to skills training to industrial devel development. I am so excited about the future that we're going to build together. And with that, I'd be happy to take your questions. Great, thank you, Premier. Uh, with